Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. This is Ted Linhart here with my high school friend, Garrett Eisler. Hello, Garrett. Hello. High school friend. <laughs> Today we are going to talk about Felix the Calypso Singer, season two, episode 13. Uh, it's available on DVD only. We've been trying to tell where each episode is available when we review it. I, I think we've missed a few, but uh, some are available on CBS.com, CBS All Access, some are available on Hulu. This one, I think, is only on DVD outside of any local station that airs it. Before we get started, a couple things. A correction from last week. I got a couple emails about this. Uh, Pamela Ferndon, who played Edna in last week's episode, I had said played Bunny in the episode Bunny is Missing Down the, by the Lake. I was incorrect. I, I, I saw that it didn't say Bunny when I was looking it up, but somehow I still said it said Bunny. She played Cindy. However, there's a very interesting tie-in to this mistake. Because Bunny was played by Lisa Gerritsen, who played Phyllis's daughter on the Mary Tyler Moore show and on the spinoff Phyllis. And something very, very tragic happened on this, during that filming of that show that actually ties into this episode of The Odd Couple. So we will bring that up when it's appropriate. Another note we got was that one of our listeners who wrote us a fan email, he even called it... Um, fan letter, Lee Spielberg. First, when I saw it, I was like, Steven Spielberg's writing to us, but it's Liz, <laughs> Lee Spielberg, S-P-I-L. Um, he noted to us, uh, he's clearly a fan of the show. He likes our podcast. So thank you, Lee. He said that one of the reasons for some of the inconsistencies that we pointed out is that the air order and the production order of the show were not similar. For example, uh, based on his information, Win One for Felix wasn't filmed until eight shows after Surprise, Surprise. And we talked in surprise, surprise about, you know, that Oscar had this great relationship with Leonard. And now a week later, or two weeks later, he has this, he calling Edna your kid. Hmm. Um, and Lee would suggest that if we followed production order in terms of our consistency and logic, one could argue that there is this, that um, the Edna relationship happened first, and then Leonard warmed up, was part of the uh, post-Edna uh, warming up and that's why leonard had a warmer relationship later um, well that would make more sense yes uh, but that's really you know yeah go ahead no you go ahead well i just <clears throat> want to thank mr spielberg i'm sorry uh <laughs> not the mr spielberg um for pointing that out because yeah it's funny i never thought about that and um uh, but of course that reminded me that that has that is true often in sitcoms it was especially true on seinfeld i remember especially in season one where the order got so confusing that jerry even had to introduce one episode telling the audience that the episode was filmed or before the previous uh one so so that does happen and that i'm curious to where we should ask him where he got that info because i don't uh i'd love to know if there is a record of the uh record dates as opposed to the broadcast dates. Yeah, I tried to look it up myself and could not find it. So yes, uh, we can always also write back to him. But, but here's why I'm going to say that point is moot. 
Uh, and, and it relates to what you said about Seinfeld. So on the Seinfeld podcast I listen to, they have this discussion from time to time. They go in air order. They talk in air order. And I'm saying the rules that I think we need to follow just to keep this logical and not go down a rabbit hole is I think we need to talk about the logic of the show in air order. I think if we tried to say, well, this doesn't sound logical, but if you follow the production order, it's logical. I, I think we're just going to avoid that. So uh, even if Lee can send us information of where he gets this, I, I, I think we're going to not worry about it. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't uh, change our approach. But it's, it's interesting information. It wasn't interesting. Uh, yes, it was an interesting. There's also something I want to give a shout out to Lee for um, reminding us of something that should have been obvious to me that uh, Felix's children, Leonard and Edna, yes. are, well, that Leonard is clearly named after himself, Johnny Randall, whose uh, name at birth was Leonard Rosenberg, which I have said many times on our podcast and never made the connection to the son Leonard. And apparently Edna was Tony Randall's sister. So, uh, uh, and that just confirms what I what I believe about the play was that the children were not named in the play, so the TV show got a chance to give them names, and apparently Tony Randall took over that responsibility. That's right. That is, that is the other piece of information that we supplied to us. So that's it. That's the things that we wanted to, to follow up on. So we're going to get into the episode, um, uh, which aired on Christmas Eve, and I, I have something to say about that after we hear a little about uh, who wrote it from Garrett. Yeah, this is uh, by a regular writing team for this show, for the series, uh, Perry Grant and Dick Bensfield. They wrote seven episodes together of The Odd Couple across all what seemed to be all five seasons, or at least the first four. Um, they worked constantly as a team from the 60s. Uh, I don't know if I... I they already they wrote uh, Murray the Fink, and I'm not sure whether I got a chance to go into these details at that time, but... Basically, they had a very illustrious career from the 60s, uh, starting with Andy Griffith, Ozzie and Harriet, going all the way through other Gary Marshall shows like Happy Days. Um, Hello, Larry. Do you oh. know that? Yeah, McLean Stevenson. That was one of McLean. You know, McLean Stevenson had a long run of bombs, and that was, uh, that's <laughs> one of his, unfortunately, most famous. I believe it was a spinoff of Different Strokes. Oh, no. Really? Wow. Not, not to be confused with Facts of Life, right? Um, and uh, One Day at a Time, Room 227. Uh, so, but yes, again, uh, uh, very uh, regular writers on staff of The Odd Couple. And also what's interesting is that um, uh, this aired on 12-24-71, which is uh, a unusual time today to see original episodes air. But back in the... 70s when a more episodes were being produced of content and there wasn't as much of this downturn in ratings when holidays happened people sometimes watched more tv in the holidays because mm -hmm. of family time and there wasn't all these alternative things to do uh you don't usually see original episodes airing on yeah. the christmas eve anymore so we open with felix saying so no, no that is that is very interesting we open with Felix saying salute and bon voyage to Oscar and Nancy, who are, while he's pouring champagne for himself, we're in the living room of the, of the uh, apartment. And Oscar says, I'll drink to that. But he has a beer in a can, of course, instead of drinking champagne. And 
Felix says, you couldn't at least put it in a glass. You got foam in my bubbly, which the audience enjoys. I did not, I'm not a big fan of that particular joke. Uh, we find out that Oscar and Nancy are going to the fictional Caribbean island of Yakaloma, which is the island of romance. Uh, Felix hands him a present. It's not wrapped. It's in a pink box with a pink ribbon. And the gift has three items in it. Water purification tablets, air sick pills, which by the way, the air sick pills bottle is not labeled. So I do not know. <laughs> it doesn't sound safe to get Well, I also don't know how Oscar knew it was air sick pills because it's mm. just an empty bottle of pills. <laughs> I'm not empty bottle of pills, but a labelless bottle of pills. And then I never knew what this third thing was because I don't know these words because we're not familiar with them, I think. But when I'm watching the closed captioning now, I hear them bismuth and paragoric. So bismuth is the main ingredient in Pepto-Bismol, which I never ah. knew, heard of. I never heard it referred to that way. And paragoric is an anti-diarrheal. Diarrheal. Uh, and Fred's, yeah, Fred, Felix says these gifts are just his way of saying, have fun, kids. So I guess this is kind of an old uh, don't drink the water yes. joke. Right. And before, I guess they had one of, one of many kind of dated Latin American stereotypes in this um, in the show. But what I found more interesting is he's giving them generic medicine. Like, I, I guess I, I thought Pepto-Bismol was around at the time. I guess we could have looked that up. But. And a perfect idea for a perfect opportunity for product placement. Um, but they, they, Odd Couple doesn't seem to do that. That's true. So Felix says he has to go into my kitchen and see what's cooking which cracks himself, up. He, uh, cracks himself up by saying that. Uh, but Oscar and Nancy are just staring at him. And of course, we, here we get a classic Felix, me and my crazy sense of humor. Mm-hmm. At this point, Felix starts to sing Calypso. Uh, I want to make it clear from right now, Aya will not be singing anything on this podcast ever. That's so probably a good thing. Yeah. If you want to do it, because I know you're more of a theater type than me, I'm going to let you. I'm just going to say what Felix said. I am not going to try to at all sing it. So Felix starts to sing Calypso. A man named Oscar took his sweetie Nancy to the sea, is what he starts to sing. And then he says some more lines, but more importantly, at that time, the phone rings. And Oscar hands it to Nancy, because it is for Nancy. And she tells whoever is on the phone she cannot do it, whatever it is she's talking about. And she keeps resisting, but then the caller says something, at which, which prompts her to say, that's serious, I'll do it. And, you know, she's trying to tell this person, I'm going vacation, no way, sorry, not doing it. And then all of a sudden she does it. I've, I was always like, what could that guy have said? That he didn't say at the beginning, but he said 17 seconds later that changed her mind. And why couldn't she still hold to her guns? Why can't somebody else in New York City do whatever it is? I mean, do doctors Which, cancel vacations to go on operations? Uh, I guess it's well, happened. Presumably, but, it would be part of your ethics to, if a doctor I guess is so, but. But, I mean, uh, yeah. What what was it? I always want to know. What they conveniently was they conveniently leave it on the other end of the phone, so they never even have to bother with a, you know, any MacGuffin kind of exposition. And by the way, it's moot because the whole episode is driven by the fact that yes. she doesn't do yes. it anyway. Right. As well. Well, I, I didn't want to spoil it, but of course, it turns out to to be something that can be. She can be replaced. Uh and so at this point, um, Felix comes uh, um, 
she, he was in the kitchen. He comes back out to the kitchen. He doesn't know this has happened. And he doesn't know now that Oscar's vacation is ruined. And he starts singing. And Felix says to Nancy of champagne, have another glass. And then Oscar says, and Oscar said to Felix, take the champagne and, and then Nancy puts her hand over Oscar's mouth as he's, so he doesn't say ass. And we second go to time, Second yes. time this season that they've done that joke, basically. And they'll oh. do it again. Oh, yeah, no, not this season. The writing episode uh, isn't this I'm season. I'm sorry. We talked I about that. I forgot that was season yes. three. Yes, yeah. yes. But yes, that, they do that joke. Uh, so we come back from credits. Oscar is angry. He's throwing stuff around his room because obviously he has lost his romantic vacation time. And uh, Felix comes in and says, you'll mess up your room. And here is where the clip picks up, uh, picks up from that. She can't go. She gets a phone call, she can't go. Well, that's not her fault. Have some cocoa. She didn't ask for that phone call. It's not the point, Phoenix. The point is I planned and I arranged for this trip. I can't change my vacation. All goes up in smoke because somebody got a bellyache. Oh. Sit down, Phoenix. Where? <laughs> oh, please. Not while I'm trying to eat. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go on this vacation anyway. You won't have a good time by yourself. What am I supposed to do? Bum around for a week? You know what I'm going to do? There's a girl in the fire room that would go if I'd ask her. The one with the overbite? Yeah. You don't want the overbite. You don't want crazy Rhoda Zimmerman. You want to go with Nancy. I know, but she doesn't want to go. She can't go. I mean, I don't have to go on a vacation with a girl. I can go with... The thought occurred to me, nah. What? What? How would you like to go to Hakaloma with me? Oh, gee, oh, we'll have a lot of laughs. I can't. I, it, it's just impossible for me. I'm too Why? busy. Why? I'm right offering you the chance of a lifetime, a real vacation for you. Oh, here it is. Look at this, Felix. Look at this brochure. What do you see? Mayonnaise. <laughs> Under the mayonnaise is a lagoon. Fishing, swimming, dog races, excitement, thrills, beauty, unspoiled in nature's paradise. Gee, it's nice, all right. <laughs> I love that calypso music. I've got bungos in my blood. You know, you don't want me to go with you. Oh, but I no, do you want you to go. I really do. And you can push your projects back a week. No, no, I've oh, got an please, appointment that's important. for I wanted to go here for such a long time. My shoes time. will be ready this Thursday. This is really important to me. I don't want to go alone as a buddy, as a friend. I ask you to come with me. Well, if, if you put it like that, how can I refuse? Oh, great, Felix, you will have a marvelous time. And you don't have to pay for the room. You don't have to pay no, for the airplane. No, sir, no, sir. Felix Unger pays his own way. And Oscar Madison never forgets a favor. Just to show you. I'll pack for you. Oh, good, okay. Oh. <laughs> I guess I forgot to unpack from the last trip. <laughs> What's this? It's your Christmas present. I forgot to give it to you. Merry Christmas. What is it? Assorted cheeses. <laughs> Assorted cheeses is the perfect joke for that situation. Why? <laughs> because it's the thing that would keep the most keep keep the least well over that long period of time. And there is a callback to that. Yes. 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 So a couple other things about here. We get another reference to another girl, unless it's the same girl that that has an <laughs> overbite in Oscar's office. 
No, of course it's the same girl. They brought her up in a very similar context just a few episodes ago. And we get the Rhoda Zimmerman reference. Right. And speaking of which, Ted, let me ask you. You're a married man, and, and so am I. Um, and while Oscar and Nancy are not married, they, it's been a, they've had their one-year anniversary. They're clearly very serious you know, relationship. They're very committed. Um, she's on the show a lot, Nancy. Don't you think it's kind of uh, flippant uh, <laughs> for Oscar to casually say, well, my, my steady girlfriend over a year can't go with me. Why don't I just ask this other girl from the office or my kind of slutty friend, Crazy Rhoda Zimmerman, to come with me on the trip? And no one, neither of them raises that as a possible, like, no, no. That's actually a really good point that had not occurred to me. <laughs> That's a great point. You're right. It is that 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 makes Oscar look like really uh, like a a lech, or unless their their relationship is uh you know Nancy maybe is maybe it's not that serious a relationship maybe it's an open relationship. No, I think I agree with you. The, the, he, <laughs> Nancy is Oscar's girlfriend, and you're right. The fact that he would I think I'm so used to him doing this, and I'm thinking more about yes. the joke aspect that I didn't think right. about it from that. And I think you're correct. I think it is it is either illogical or just makes Oscar look jerky. So it, it's a- it's, Or it was just the swing in 70s. That's true. No, there's an aspect of that, that you're right. Our, our view of relationships may be, although, but he's not a product of the 70s. So even though- No, no. Yeah, so I know, I think- I, Let's just say, there. I, hard, I find it hard to believe that Nancy would, would be okay with yes, that. Yes, you're right. I agree with you. <laughs> but uh, it's funny so that Felix doesn't even it, yes, bring that up. Yes, doesn't bring it up. Uh, so we cut to a large jet taking off and then landing. And then we have a slowed down film of this little bitty plane, very old and crotchety with audio of a very old and broken down engine, like almost a comic strip broken down, <laughs> landing on a beach. Like there's not even a runway. It's a landing on a yeah, beach, yeah. Uh, which I yeah. find hard to believe that uh, even in the era before Yelp and TripAdvisor that this island of romance that people seem to believe is a paradise, which we know is not, could just land on a beach, unless that's the way things were done in the 70s, but I, I don't think so. Uh, and the footage of that- So this be, kind of a sets up- well, oh, I, The footage looks like it's a, like from some old World War II movie from Paramount. Like, I don't think they filmed that plane <laughs> landing on a beach. Could couple. be. But it's like, I can Could imagine be. it being from yeah. some war expedition in Hawaii for some para, Paramount World War II right. movie. Yeah, so I guess this sets up sort of an unspoken premise of the the of the episode now is that you know, maybe you've been in the situation I know I have where you're trying to get have a nice, you know, vacation with your significant other and but you can't spend too much so you find this one deal that seems like it's the real thing and then you get there and you find out why it was so cheap. But in today's era that shouldn't happen. Yes. It should be right, a way, right. if you care, if you make an effort, maybe you just yes. look at the $300 price tag for a week vacation and right. say, I'm doing it. But it, today it's easy to see that Hakaloma is a junk. Right, it's it would get bad Yelp reviews, yeah. yeah. But it is 1971 and Oscar apparently only has this little mayonnaise covered brochure to yes. go on. Right. But presumably so, he, 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 saw, he, he was attracted to it because it was cheap. And the brochure probably made it look good. Yeah, better than it is, right? So we see next see Felix entering a dirty, rundown, empty, Caribbean-looking type bar area. He's a handkerchief in his hands. He's trying to pop his ears by yawning. Clearly looks disheveled from the trip. Oscar walks in fine, 
really not not bad at all. Felix said the flight. Felix says the flight was ghastly. It was awful. Oscar says the cab driver wasn't so hot either. When Felix points out because it was the same guy, and Oscar says he was wondering why he was wearing the helmet and goggles. Uh, I thought he was the Red Baron, says Oscar. Oscar asks, where, where's the guy now? And Felix says he's getting their bags. He thinks he's the bellhop too. Oscar asks Felix, where is everybody? And he rings a bell. Uh, and Felix says, how do I know? And in walks the character they're talking about, the, the pilot, driver, baggage handler named Pepe. Uh, and he has the bags and he kneels on the ground as he comes in, looks up into the sky and says, we made it again. Uh, Pepe not, not a reassuring uh, no. gesture. Pepe is played by Vito, Vito Scotti, who is a very busy Italian character actor whose career dated back to 1949. He played both Italian and Hispanic characters on TV and movies for many decades. He has 231 credits in wow. his IMDb resume until his death in 1996. But uh, he never had a steady role, never got on a series. Um, he longest tenure was 13 episodes of The Flying Nun in 1969. But I don't even think he was a regular on that show. Hmm. Uh, so then Pepe calls for Monique to get him a drink. And she is the bartender who comes out from somewhere and she's very excited to see that Pepe made it back safely, again, as she says, and asks if the wings stayed on. Mm -hmm. And he says, the wing fell, but I fixed her up again with a little wire. Again, not reinsured. So here's where we tie back to the Phyllis Mary Tyler Moore tragedy story. So Monique is played by an actress named Barbara Colby. And she was an up-and-coming character actress. She had, this is 1971, earlier in that year, she had made her mark on an episode of Columbo, which I actually saw recently. It was aired six weeks before this on my first birthday, 9-15-71. Um, and so she was, she was starting to come into her own. She has a unique look and, and played fairly funny roles. She got it on an episode of Mary Tyler Moore in an episode where uh, Mary goes to jail for not revealing a source for the newspaper. And this character that Barbara Colby played was in the jail with her. And she made her mark on the show, actually was asked back for a second episode. And then later, when Phyllis got her own show, Cloris Leachman, uh, Barbara Colby was hired to play her boss. Uh, however, three episodes after taping three episodes of the show, on July 24th, 1975, she and a friend of hers, a man, were leaving uh, an acting class she was teaching in Venice. And they were both shot and killed in the parking lot. Wow. where they were going to get their car for no apparent reason. There was no robbery. No one believes that the killers knew them. It, it, the best guess people had, it's still unsolved and still open, is that it was maybe a gang initiation. The, she died right away. He died uh, after the police and, and ambulance got there and was able to kind of give some descriptions. But she was 35. And wow. um, the Phyllis part was recast. And I believe there's uh, footage or there was a, like a uh, course Leachman recorded uh, an intro to Phyllis, uh, the next episode um, that was aired to announce what had happened to the people watching. So yes, she's, she's a, if you Google like, you know, unsolved Hollywood tragedy, she's, she, uh -huh. she's a fairly well-known. It's one of, it's, it's documented in those kinds of. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she's unfortunately most famous for her death, wow. but she was wow. becoming quite, well, she was, you know, that was the Phyllis was supposed to be a could be a breakout role for her is what people thought. Yeah, that is an amazing story, and 
does kind of cast a shadow over this episode, unfortunately. And she's very likable. She her part in this is uh, significant, but with very few lines. But I've always remembered her, and and she's she's very likable in this. So that's quite an amazing story. Yep. So Felix asks Pepe if he flies many people over here. He says most come by boat, but he doesn't know why. And Pepe now picks up the boy's luggage to bring it to the room and smells one of them and says, I smell cheese, which is the <laughs> callback to the cheese. Yeah. Oscar asks if they should get some drinks first. And so now we're in the room. Um, Oscar asks if they should get some drinks first. Felix wants to go to the curio shops, as he calls them. Oscar says he doesn't want to do that. And he's just, he suggests fishing. Felix says, great, as soon as he takes a shower. He's grimy from the trip. Which, by the way, yeah, Oscar seems to like say, you're going to shower before fishing. But I know myself that whenever I get to a hotel room after traveling anywhere, I first thing I want to do is take a shower no matter what I'm doing. Mm. I know well, that's the griminess of traveling. Well, I mean, especially this trip yes. where they, in the heat of the Caribbean, in a one-engine plane. <laughs> Yes. Felix, one engine plane with a wing that was tied on with wires. Yes. Right. Uh, Felix asks Oscar if he's going to unpack. Oscar takes everything out of the suitcase at once and puts it in one drawer. And Felix says he's just pressed those things. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, the clothes he put in that drawer did not look like he was going on a Caribbean vacation. It looked like he was going to a business conference. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point because let's also talk about what they're wearing. Uh, just when... Uh, they enter on that. What I noticed right off is that they're both wearing jacket and tie, having traveled in their jacket, not, not suits, but like sports coat and tie, uh, when they get to the hotel, as if they've traveled that way. And that, did, that looks funny, but it did remind me uh, of the 70s. And I don't, know about, I don't know about your dad, Ted, but my father, I think I remember him wearing a tie to go on the plane. Yes, go on the plane, I get. It's just, that was like a, but that like it just was a nice reminder of like how far how much things have changed. Like, going on an airplane trip was like an almost formal occasion. Yes, like you, you were going into society and you needed to, a, a gentleman, a man, you know, wanted to, uh, uh, uh represent in a, uh, a respectful way. But once you, you're you, in you, the Caribbean, you should have. Yes, some I know. I would gear, and they didn't. They, well, they, that's he, true. He didn't. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll see. Right throughout the episode, they are they're still not really wearing sporty clothing. Um, so Oscar says they're on vacation. Like Felix should show out. Don't worry about the fact that he's putting clothes in a drawer. And Felix says Oscar's right. He's going to try to relax. Um, he says he's glad he is here, and Oscar says he's glad too. Offer uh, Felix offers to go down and rent a couple of bikes to ride around and see what the place is like. Oscar says that's a good idea and offers to unpack for Felix, to which Felix says, don't unpack my stuff, and he leaves. Then the phone rings, and it's Nancy. She found someone to take her place. I still don't know why she couldn't have done this a day earlier. And she can come down tomorrow. He says, that's great. She says, what about Felix? He says, Felix who? <laughs> and he says, he'll take care of Felix, and he says he'll do it nicely, which, by the way, that always happens, where he says, I'll tell Felix some bad news and he'll do it carefully. And of course he just abruptly says whatever it is. So um, now we'll hear what happens when uh, Oscar tries to talk to Felix about this. Hey, guess what? I went down to rent his bikes and I got us a tandem instead for the entire weekend. That's great. Maybe I've got something I want to talk to you about. Yeah, what? Well, I, I just got a call from Nancy. Ah, uh, Nancy. Yeah, she got somebody to take her place and she's coming down. Uh-huh. 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 
you getting here? Tomorrow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What do you propose to do? Well, I guess I propose to be with her when she gets down here, Beauty. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What do you propose to do with me? Well, that's a tough one, Felix. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You not only asked me to come down here, you begged me. And now you want to shove me aside. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> what time does the plane leave? It's 8 o'clock. The schedule says we're supposed to take off at 8. Ah, oh, well, there may be a little delay tonight, monsieur, due to circumstances beyond our control. What circumstances? Well, the pilot is not quite ready to go. When will he be ready? It's very hard to say, monsieur. Tonight is the rum and cola flight. <laughs> Passengers are ready for the cola flight room, please. Stand against the wall, fascinate your safety belt. Switch on, switch off, contact, take off. So that final sequence is Pepe comes in drunk and collapses on a bench after he uh, tries to talk about taking off. Uh, so there we heard Monique. Uh, Barbara Colby talk, and we heard Pepe as well. Because there uh, was a, a break after Oscar breaks the news to him, and Felix then goes back to the lobby, presumably to get the next flight home. Yes, there, there's, there are two scenes in there in that clip. Um, can we pause for a second to before we get further into the plot? To uh, there's a, I have an issue with the the whole premise of the the, the way this, this the story premise is built. Didn't you find it odd in the first scene we played when Oscar asks Felix to go on the trip with him, how it's kind of a role reversal here. Normally it's Felix trying to get Oscar to do something fun that is, you know, bonding as a friendship and Oscar would rather be with girls or rather watch the game or something. And this is an unusually like warm and friendly Oscar in the beginning when he invites Felix to come and actually seems excited for Felix to come. And uh, and then when they get to the room, even he's saying, yeah, this is, I'm so glad you're here. And then Felix goes off and gets them a bicycle, a tandem, a bicycle built for two. <laughs> so the thought of Felix and Oscar like riding around the Caribbean in a, a two-seated bicycle as like this, this uh, loving couple. All of this seems a little out of character, especially for Oscar, for me. Now, it doesn't I think both- the reason for it is that now you know, the, the, the payoff is that now he, if Felix feels rejected because Oscar ditches him. But uh, that, it was just weird watching the first third or so of this episode where Oscar is like not the, uh, not at all the Oscar I know who's always irritated at Felix. It does not, it did not, it doesn't bug me because I think there's the motive behind it is he spent all this money on a trip. He doesn't yeah. want to go by himself. Right. So he's, it's really for him that he wants Felix to go down to the island with him. So I yeah, see it as more of a self-improvement move in a way. But Klugman definitely plays it like he's genuinely happy that Felix is there with him. And he's, and, and he's into the trip also, which is, again, like Oscar is like, to me, I would think Oscar's out of his element, out of his New York element. And it's Felix is the one who, always, who seems to be the more adventurous one. But anyway, just one of my, I have, I have a few issues with the plot twist in this episode yeah and usually i'm the one with the with the issues and i don't have these issues here except for the just the nancy stuff but you know that's 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 what makes a podcast 
So we cut to establishing shot of an island sunset, and Felix is slipping, sleeping in a large wicker chair in that lobby. Uh, Pepe starts to, comes in and chimes. He, he has chimes, literally, he's got chimes that he's banging to say it's breakfast. These are, this is the one and only chimes to uh, tell everyone that breakfast is available. Felix slowly wakes up, gets out of the chair, stamping his feet because his, his feet went to sleep. He puts on his jacket. He says, good morning to Monique. He asks if she has any fruit juice. She says she only has a banana dragon, which he accepts without asking what it is. Mm-hmm. And she, she pulls it out. Like, she doesn't even make it. It's just sitting yeah. at the bar. <laughs> and she does it again later. That bugs me that it's like, uh, I don't know if they're saying it's that cheap a hotel where even the cocktails are pre-made and just stuffed under the, the front desk. but. Um, or it's just a lazy prop work. I don't know. But what bugged me more was Pepe just announced there's breakfast. So go oh, yeah. to breakfast and That's there's going to be juice there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, clearly it was done because they didn't want to build another set, take the right. time for her to make a drink. And sorry, Ted, but one more thing. Yes. <laughs> Felix goes, so uh, Felix, let's say, all right, Felix is so pissed off, he just wants to get home. So that's why he tries to fly the night before. But once there's the flight is canceled, does he really need to sleep on the no. chair in the lobby no. when no. Nancy isn't there yet? That's right. Well, I think he's <laughs> mad at Felix, at Oscar, but you're Oscar. right. So, he, right. so Oscar, yeah. Oscar would take them in, I think. But okay, I can yeah. understand the spite, but yeah. not get his own room? No, you're right. I, Felix could definitely find some other way to sleep than a, a wicker chair in the lobby. It is, fun. it is a funny image, though. Okay? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's for the joke. joke. Yeah, It is for the joke. Uh, Monique warns Felix this is a strong drink. He says, good. She pulls out an already prepared drink, as we said, from one of the bar. It has a set of semi-ripe, like starting to brown banana peel stuck on top of it. it was <laughs> I didn't get that looking. color. No, I didn't get the, I wasn't able to focus on the image that clearly. <laughs> uh, he drinks some of it and clearly doesn't like it, yet keeps drinking it. He looks around the room, miserable, and says, doesn't time pass quickly when you're having fun? And now we go to commercial. We're back. From commercial, Oscar comes to the bar and is surprised to see Felix there. Uh, and here's what happened uh, at that point. Hey, Monique. Felix, what are you doing here? I thought you flew out last night. Pepe, the world's only pilot, bellhop, cab driver, wino, was drunk. And where'd you spend the night? In the lobby. Where? I slept in that wicker basket over there. <laughs> Dreamed I was a cobra. Why did you do that? You knew Nancy wasn't coming until tonight. Why didn't you come up to the room? <laughs> All right. So I'm glad you're here anyway. We got the whole day to ourselves before she comes. We'll go to the museums. We'll go to the dog talk. We'll have a lot of fun. Oscar, you are the world's most naive man. Who else would buy a package tour of Devil's Island? Hakaloma, gateway to the Caribbean. This is a disaster area. Even crows don't stop here. Come here, I want to show you something. Look at this. What is it? This is the Hakalomian Museum of Art, founded in 1968. Three rocks and an arrowhead. These are the dog tags of a lost kamikaze pilot. He stayed here after the war and is now governor of the island. Governor Moto. All right, so it's not the Guggenheim. We can still go to the dog track. I'll teach you how to bet. 
the dog died. <laughs> Last night. The dog died? There were two of them, one died. The other one's in mourning. Moped around all day, hasn't touched his food. Which probably saved his life. Oh, I feel as you can mope around, not have a good time and pout. Or you could try to have a good time. How? How? We could go over and visit the... No, we can go and see... We... Gee, it sounds thrilling the way you describe it. I thought you'd stop being the ugly American. You know, you wouldn't have to be alone. What about Monique? I hear she's Miss Hockalomian. Since she was 14. Forget about it. She's soft on Peppy. She likes daredevils. She must have friends. There must be other girls on the island. Sure, if you want to climb over a convent wall. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I won't get in your hair. Enjoy yourself. You take the high road, and I'll take the low road. Actually, it doesn't matter which road. They're both dirty. <laughs> Goodbye, Alison. Where are you going? I don't know. But let it be on your head. Let <laughs> what be on my head? Well, I thought you were bad as a roommate. You're terrible as a tourist. <laughs> so that addressed the issue of the room that you brought up. Because even Oscar says, why don't you come sleep in the room? You know, uh, somehow I'm, I think I was too busy talking to myself at that moment and that I, <laughs> about the same issue that I didn't listen to the man actually saying that. Uh, and then also we still hear Oscar being nice to Felix, as you were saying. Because um, I do think he's generally happy to have him there because I don't think he wants to be there alone. Uh, we get a good let this be in your head, which is a, a tactic Felix uses a lot when he wants Oscar to feel bad. Um, the museum was a pretty good yes, sight gag. And in fact, uh, just this is an, just an opportunity about let this be on your head is not only a recurring line in the series, but it is another joke that comes from the original play and film. Ah, interesting. The idea of, I, I believe the exact words, let it be on your head, but also the idea of a curse. Felix, as a, in his moment of martyrdom like this, putting a curse on Oscar's head. In the play, it's when Oscar throws him out. Uh, the apartment at the end of uh, Act Two, so uh, yeah, that's so I always think of the play when they say that. Uh, there's a good sight gag with the museum, which actually looks like what a rundown Caribbean island museum would look like, um, and uh, that's really it. I think I want to point out for that scene, but they do address a lot of the topics there. So now we, they have the next scene, Nancy's checking in, and she references Governor Moto, who we just heard about, that Governor Moto brought her across, across something, I guess across wherever the big jet lands and not the little jet, in a Japanese sapan, which is a boat. You know, I was fascinated by these references to, <laughs> I don't know if this is based on something, it's so random, it seems so random, that a... Japanese World War II veteran Japanese pilot would somehow like be in exile uh, in the uh, Caribbean and then go on to like be the governor of the island. Um, I know there, you know, there is a a a a, a, a tradition of Japanese uh, migration uh, immigrants to Latin America. There are populations of Japanese immigrants in various Latin American countries, but I couldn't find any trace of that to World War II. Or like this idea of like hide, you know, uh, hiding out uh, fugitive uh, kamikaze pilots. But I'd be curious if if there is any connection to that from the sixties or seventies. Well, she points out he was once a kamikaze pilot, and he loves to crash his boat into the dock. Ha! Huh. Next, we hear a horn honking, which is Felix with a bicycle for two. 
<laughs> uh, Nancy asks if he is enjoying himself, and here we get primo martyr Felix when he says, yes, yes, it's nicer this way. No one breathing down my neck. And when Monique looks at it, um, he's, well, Monique looks at them and says he forgot someone. And Felix says, no, someone forgot me, looking at Oscar. Uh, next scene, Oscar and Nancy are sitting having a drink while a singer is serenading them. Uh, what's odd, I don't know if you notice this, is sometimes that singer is looking directly into the camera, not like into the people he's talking to. And uh, so that it's I, one of these musical, it's very short, but it's like one of these musical interludes that are more, it's more for the audience. Yeah, I couldn't identify the song. I mean, try to figure out if this is a real song or not. Uh, this Little is, local, local color. He's played As by Guillermo de Anda, who only has two other acting credits besides the odd couple. On the Dick Van Dyke show, he played Mariacho number two. And on Maud, he played musician. Wow. What? Yeah. What contrasting character and character names. Now, as he's singing, we get a glimpse of two other characters on the show we've not seen yet. One is a man who is clearly drunk, and he has a name tag that says, I'm Jesse Skolnick, <laughs> who are you? Very large he, man. He is played by Jack Perkins, who was another very busy character actor. He's 114 credits on IMDb. He was in a lot of Westerns in the 50s and a lot of action shows in the 60s. He played cops, he played henchmen, he played drunks. And in fact, many of his credits just say henchman or drunk. That's what they say. Uh, wow. The other is a woman who is sitting very still at a table with her hand leaning on her wrist. She is played by Sandra Caron, C-A-R-O-N, Caron, and her acting credits are very limited. I'm not even sure you can call what she does in this show acting. Oh yes, it is. She's a kind of, but I, I would. My guess actually is that she might. She's kind of not a mime, but she's like a physical comedian. Like they, this role is is a deliberately wordless role. She, her, as you'll get to, his, her only comedy bits are purely physical. So she's. A, I wonder if she. She seems like someone who might be coming from a clowning or physical comedy. She is like Yarnell. She is Shields or Yarnell. Are you suggesting? Uh well, I have no evidence of that, but. You but know, she's like Shields Yarnell. Yeah, I just want to make a Shields <laughs> oh, Yarnell reference is what I'm trying yes. to hear. I think of the time that would be, uh, yes, apt. So after the singing's over, Nancy says she loves this place, which I don't know why she says that. Why does she love the place? I don't get it. I mean, I would think she would hate it just as much as Felix, although Oscar doesn't seem to hate it. <laughs> but Oscar's yeah. tastes are questionable. Uh, Felix walks in now carrying many curios and knickknacks that he bought from the curio shops uh, that he mentioned. He's also wearing a giant straw hat. Um, and funny hats. Yes, this is where... I've noticed uh, this that in the last few episodes. Tony Randall likes to have funny hats. And Oscar says, scenes. take a look at El Toristo. And now we're going to play <laughs> the clip of that. Here comes El Toristo. <laughs> Hi. Well, hi, hi there. Did you have a nice day? Wonderful. I guess there's not a sight in town I haven't seen. It's amazing how much territory you can cover when you're alone. Uh, have you had your dinner yet? No. Oh, boy. Never mind. I'm not going to join you. I'll eat by myself out on the porch. I don't mind. I'll read brochures, feed the insects. Nonsense. Felix, sit down. Yes, yeah, sit. Wow. For a minute. No, thank you. I see that you're both enjoying your wine. I'll have a drink at the bar. 
You know, it does you good to be by yourself sometimes. It's food for the soul. Here it comes. I went down to the wharves and watched the fishermen go out. I thought maybe somebody would ask me to go fishing, but everybody was already paired up. I started to strike up a conversation with the man in the filling station, but he didn't speak English. Just Yankee, go home. What were you doing at the filling station? I had a flat on the bike. I ran over my camera. How'd you do that? A tarantula ran me off the road. Felix, come on, sit with no, us. No, 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 I'll just have a quick bite and then I'll go and catch the village movie. It's been years since I've seen Hopalong Cassidy. You two enjoy yourselves. I see you're having a good time. Don't worry about me. I'm having a ball, really. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful how he covers up his unhappiness? Say, the least we could have done is ask him to join us for dinner. But he's doing it on purpose. Besides, you feed him once, you'll never get rid of him. This is pure, this is like primo Felix martyrdom yeah. Yeah. Uh, situation. Uh, now Felix goes and orders another banana dragon and he walks over to the woman we referred to who was sitting at the table and asks, may I join you? He taps her on the shoulder and her head falls on the table because she's passed out. The audience loves this joke. They applause. <laughs> and I, I, they applaud at it. I, I don't think it's that funny. It's amusing, but they applaud. Uh, well, it's certainly, yeah, it's not funny if you, if you, if you think drunk, to, drunk jokes are poor taste or especially people who Get, but like, also, I've seen out. it so many times. Maybe the fact yes. that they had no idea it was coming is what made them. Yes. And I think, no, what I think is funny, but if you're watching closely, it's the buildup. They just keep cutting to her every now and then. You just see a quiet woman sitting kind of very still at the table. Almost she's pensive. Kind of she's kind yeah. of passive. Yeah. Well, it's kind of mysterious. Yeah. It's kind of mysterious. Like, you know, you keep waiting to see what she's about. And when Felix Foley taps her on the shoulder, it's like he's knocked over, a, you know, a, a corpse. Like Shields and Yarnell? Uh, it's probably a Shields and Yarnell bit for all I know. So Oscar and, DeSanti, Oscar and Nancy now decide to leave, but not before they hear Felix say to Monique, here's a picture of my ex-wife, Gloria, and there goes my ex-friend. Uh, Nancy invites Felix to take a walk with them on the beach while Oscar is behind him motioning no. Uh, he's behind Felix looking at Nancy, and Felix says, I saw that, Oscar. Felix says he's not going to horn in on their good time. Oscar says it's a romantic evening. And Nancy says, but look at him. Oscar says, I know, the last of the red-hot martyrs. So even he's using our language of martyrdom. Oscar says an idea. Oscar has an idea. He pulls Pepe aside. And at the same time, Felix has ordered another banana dragon. Monique says, do you really want this? And Felix quotes a poem, which I determined was from Rokesby by Sir, Sir Walter Scott. He bids the ruddy cup go round till sense and sorrow both are drowned. That's what he says to Monique. And then we, we, then we get this very inserted shot of Monique saying, I'll buy that. Uh, Oscar asks Pepe to let Felix sing with the band and not just one number, like that whole show. Pepe asks if Mr. Unger sings. Oscar says he sings great. He loves calypso music. He studied with Harry Belafonte. Now he says that in a way as if it's a fact. But I'm assuming he's making that up to convince Pepe. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there is no evidence that this is true. And, of course, Harry Belafonte hasn't been mentioned. 
this that was not mentioned earlier in the episode but all we do know i mean the point here is that and this is where i think this episode well the whole show isn't the title of the episode he looks the clips of singer right so um you know he he goes on and on in the first scene about how much he loves calypso music he when oscar asked him to come to the island he says oh well, I love Calypso yes. music as if I can't listen to it at home. Right. I have to go to the idea. And so Oscar sees an opportunity. The only way to distract Felix is to get him singing Calypso music. And I guess he's just fast on his feet and is making up a way to convince this, the, the guy in the band to, uh, to let Felix sing. So, yeah, all evidence points to it being made. Uh, the guy in the band has a name. It's Pepe. I was, it's Pepe once again, right? It's our it's our uh, very versatile pilot, bellhop, cab driver, uh, band leader. Band leader. Yes. Uh, Pepe says that uh, no, he cannot sing. He's not a professional. What will the crowd say? Oscar looks around and says, "Crowd, you couldn't get a good checker game going here." Pepe there continues are to only two other guests. Yeah. Pepe continues. Well, three with Nancy, right? Oh yeah. Pepe continues to say no. This is not the usual policy, but then he turns around and sticks out his hand behind his back. Oscar points to the hand and says, that is your usual policy, and he puts money in his hand. Oscar goes over to Felix and tells him he has a surprise for him. Felix asks if he has sold his luggage. Oscar says he's talked to Pepe and he's going to let him sing with the band. Felix says, don't toy with me, Oscar. Oscar says he knows how, how much he likes to sing Calypso. Felix gets very excited now that he gets to sing Calypso, but it says he hasn't rehearsed anything, and Oscar says, you better get ready. Felix says this doesn't change anything. He's still done a terrible thing. Felix goes over to Pepe, and Oscar goes to sit down, at which point the drunk Jesse guy we saw earlier comes over to introduce himself, and he asks Oscar his name, and Oscar says Ringo Starr, which is very much reminiscent of Murray the Fink, when a drunk asks Oscar's name, and Oscar <laughs> says Willie uh, Mays. Right. Now, why... In that case, the guy was saying, you're in the sports, I see you in the paper in the sports section. And that's the Willie Mays joke. Now, why Ringo Starr now? I don't know. Uh, Jesse asks Oscar if he knows what his philosophy of life is. Oscar says, I like the way he says it. He says, tell me, I forgot. <laughs> uh, Jesse says, find out what you like in life and drink it. Which then we get that same clip of Monique saying, I'll buy that. And I never understood why, <laughs> is, the same to say, clip? why is that inserted again? I have to say that aside from the song Felix is about to sing, the only thing I remembered from this episode, I remember for years, are those odd, which is the same inserted clip. Yeah, th- why is that? Those, uh, yeah. those random moments where Monique, with a kind of smile and a wink, just keeps saying, I'll buy that. But she that. sounds half drunk herself when she says it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And she says it as a funny response to other random things being said, like Felix's Robert Burns poem. So it is amusing. In Sir a Walter weird Scott. Way. Sir Walter Scott. Not oh. Robert Burns. Different Scotsman. Sorry. How dare you. So here, uh, Pepe introduces Felix. A wonderful, fantastic singer who's very good too, Mr. Felix Unger, who has also studied under Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte? I've heard of him. You know him? Very good! <laughs> Sr. Felix Unger! Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Very glad to be here. I suppose you're all interested in the origins of Calypso. Calypso actually was a sea nymph immortalized by the great Homer in his immortal Odyssey. Sing it, Harry! 
you're a native, please stay. If not, please leave the country. Hey, hit it! What? Play the music, please. <laughs> Once there was a man named Oscar. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. And he turned on his best friend. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Oscar, Oscar. obviously some visuals in there people seeing the episode know um jesse shoves oscar basically as he's getting all roused or getting all upset that felix is singing about him and then oscar hits him which i think was an extreme <laughs> reaction just punches him yeah. uh and then he's about to punch oscar back but then he basically is t- falling over and falls into a seat that pepe brought for him to fall into um and that, so that's the whole commotion in that scene. By the way, I, I, I realized that we skipped saying something earlier, which is when Pepe comes in with the musician to play this whole song. Yes. That's when Oscar goes to get Pepe to allow Felix to sing. We didn't set that up. I didn't set that up earlier. So the transition was that Pepe and, and the musician guy come in to play for the crowd. And that's what allowed this whole thing to happen. The other thing I thought odd about this scene was after he punches the guy and the guy doesn't punch him back, the first thing he does is goes and put his hand out to shake Felix's hand. Like he, Oscar, goes and puts his hand out. And it was a weird, it's a weird reaction. Like I never would even have thought about like asking someone to congratulate me for punching somebody out. <laughs> it's just such a, did you, do you notice that, that that's the first least, thing Oscar does? Yes. It's weird. At least wait until the guy is not going to punch back. Yes. Well, he did, um, but at least wait for Felix to say thank you, Oscar, for doing that. But it yeah, was so weird too. the way Oscar puts yeah. his hand out right away. Well, I think as, as you can, as people could hear in the clip, even if you haven't seen it recently, it's very chaotic. It is. And the phone I, ringing, by the way, was done to add, I think, add to the chaos. Yeah, yeah. No reason that, for that now. Yeah, yeah. Happen. And it's funny, you know, the dog, they got another dog for the racetrack. Um, and uh, the chaos is kind of fun, but it also looks kind of very messily staged. So we, I didn't notice that at Oscar, but hearing you describe that makes me think it's like all, you know, anytime you do like a fight on stage, you know, or you choreograph a fight, all these 
it sometimes loses spontaneity because the actor's just thinking of the next motion and uh, Klugman might have just gotten ahead of himself a bit because the, I- uh, the idea is that Felix is grateful to Oscar yes. for punching the guy, but, uh, but Klugman, the actor, has to get out of the way fast, I think. And he, so he just sort of, sort of jumps the gun on that cue. Also, Felix, what we hear Felix say, did you see that? It's to the drunk woman who has repropped herself up and now falls down again. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so that's the end of the episode before the tag. Uh, there's a tag where Oscar and Felix are now back at the bar. Felix says, thanks for sticking up for me to Oscar. I didn't deserve it. Oscar, and I like this. This is because this is really what I'm about to say that Oscar says I found was really good logic. It's something that should happen. Oscar says, if the roles were reversed and Gloria was coming down, would you try to dump me? And Felix says, in a minute. And I really liked right. that Oscar said that because that is something that uh, you know one should point out. Oscar well, says, I do too, and I think it also sort of speaks to the logic, the logic issues I was getting at earlier. Like, what you know that? Let's be honest. That is Oscar's main motivation here for the trip, right? Not to Oscar have a good time with Felix. They are lucky this happened in Akaloma. Other places have jails, and that's so again another good statement just for the logic to show why they're not in jail. Uh, Nancy comes in and says, Pepe is not mad at them, <laughs> but he asks one favor. Pepe comes in to sing again and introduces Felix and his flames. So now all three of them, Felix, Nancy, and Oscar, get up to sing again. It's the same song. And now Jesse, who's still there, is into it and shouts, sing it, Harry, as the drunk woman collapses again. Um, but it's sitting, it's sitting with Jesse now. Oh, they're like a couple now at the end. Oh, yeah. I think I didn't pick that up on that. <laughs> um, it's not a great tag just because it feels very rushed and it's like, that's the big yeah. gimmick is that they and, sing and again. why does Pepe really insist that not only Felix sing again, but his two friends who didn't sing before, why do they have to sing again? Right. And why is that a big, why is that a favor to Pepe? Yeah, they're not very good. And also, why is Jesse there? So the name tag implies he's part of a convention, right? That's what people do when they were in a convention. I so, yeah. Did you yeah? You got to read the name. Yeah, I, yes, I it wasn't says, able to read it says, "I'm Jesse Skolnick. Who are you?" But it doesn't and, say like board of. Or no, convention it didn't of. say any of that. But I, I, who, if you go by yourself, the Caribbean, yeah, yeah. you were. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. No. So I no, feel I, like I, I, my backstory. I made up a backstory for him. Is that he was part of a convention that. That was, I guess, in Hakaloma. Maybe Hakaloma has a better hotel somewhere. And he got, you know, everyone left. He's super drunk and he stayed around and ended up at this place because the company isn't paying for it anymore because he wanted to have a vendor. That's my backstory. I I like that backstory. And I think think that is implied. I mean, I think it's actually kind of clever, right? Giving him the name tag because they're trying to say who else would be in a dump like this? Another one, a woman who's just a drunk, uh, a very sad, addicted alcoholic woman who just wants to be by herself and a guy who's stranded here because of a convention uh from by a cheap company who couldn't write <laughs> or he's so cheap he got the overflow hotel so yes i like that uh so overall i i enjoy this episode i give it a three and a half out of five murrays i think it's funny i like the fact we're kind of in a different location i love the felix being a martyr and um I like the guest characters. I think they're all kind of funny. So that's that's my score, three and a half out of five Murrays. Well, Ted, I I I 
remembered this liking the song. I had some good memories of it, but I was really let down by this one. I have to say, I give this a two. Whoa. I think this is one of the weakest ones. I don't think either of us have ever given a two. And we now we selectively avoided the episodes that I know I would give a two. (laughs) So that's fair. But uh it's uh, wow, I am surprised. And and here's why. It's um I mean, yeah, first I I find the plot premise not really credible with the character. The whole like Oscar acting out of character to being me, I don't quite it's kind of lost me a little. Uh but more than that. I just find it's to picture the whole Joe, the whole premise is to put them on a, a crummy uh, Caribbean island. But the whole, the, the satire of that feels really dated to me. It's really, you know, all this don't drink the water stuff, Yankee go home, Felix mentions even. Um, and the depiction of the, you know, Pepe is like the drunk, a lot of let, old, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Caribbean stereotypes. I, it's one that does not hold up as well today, I think, under a more critical view. Um, you know, it's not just the clueless American tourists in this place, but the fun is really being made at the expense of the, the culture on the island. And uh, so I don't think that holds up very well. And then, of course, we haven't talked about the song, which is, you know, funny. Like all of Tony Randall's uh, musical numbers are always entertaining on some level. But you know, this whole, the I really think the whole episode is an excuse for Tony Randall to sing Calypso. And uh, it goes back to the beginning. You know, we didn't mention how uh, he's, the three of them are doing these like really bad Jamaican accents as their way of like having fun thinking about this trip. And that's a little grating, <laughs> a little cringe inducing at the beginning. And uh, what whatever Felix is doing in the song later, the Oscar, Oscar, Oscar song, it's not really Harry Belafonte. It's just some kind of strange uh, uh, mashup that uh, that Tony Randall and the the staff put together. You know, it's Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Where's his clothes? Very messy. It's very funny. Uh, but I don't know. Certainly by the tag, I was tired of that song. So, uh, yeah, I I didn't really go for this one. Wow, I don't bring politics into my analysis of the odd couple. I guess you do. <laughs> well, I don't think of it as politics. I'm kidding. I just I'm kidding. It's like yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, that, of course. Well, sorry uh, for listeners who think that's too <laughs> political. Uh, well, that's you know, obviously, we're not going to agree on everyone. Um, uh, okay. Well, yeah. And I, by the way, I agree that most of the time they force. We said this before. One of the actors' passions into the show, especially the opera yeah. part of Felix, yeah. it doesn't feel organic. Somehow, it didn't bother me in this one. Although normally it does bother me. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up our coverage of this episode. Uh, we will be back uh, next week as a reminder, uh, and we appreciate that people are doing this. Is to uh, first, if you can leave us a rating on iTunes or Podbean, hopefully five stars. Um, uh, and any feedback you have, um, any points you want to make or corrections, as we noted this week, it's always appreciated. We will entertain them and make them fast. In fact, when we got the correction about Pamela Lynn Verdon, I immediately reposted the podcast with a correction in the show notes to say that uh, uh-huh. I falsely uh, said that she played Bunny when she, in fact, played Cindy. Uh, okay, well, uh, I was trying to think of something from the episode to quote to you, but I can't because I can't <laughs> sing. So I'm just going to say, uh, 
goodbye to you, Garrett. Let it be on your head, Ted.